you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church. I pray, church, that this teaching that we're in right now, listen, that it will, it will solidify something in you regarding the move of the Spirit. Does, uh, the, the desires that, that Jesus has, that His Spirit has to do, that these gifts will not just be something foreign to the church, they'll be something normal. That will be comfortable when, when these things are in operation. You say, why is that? Because church, these things need to be operating in our daily life. The gifts aren't just for the church. When we come into the church, like, woohoo, let's see if the gifts are going to be flowing. No, they, they ought to be flowing in our, in our home life. When you're, when you're cooking dinner for your family, listen, Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you if you allow them. I mean, while you're at work, listen, he wants to minister unto people. If we'll allow him to do it, he will. While you're cooking dinner, while you're cleaning the house, listen, church, while you're doing Bible studies, listen, he, he wants to minister things into, into our young ones. If we'll allow him to do it, if we'll allow it to be, to be normal. Well, I can see this is the culture of the kingdom. It's not the culture of Island Church. It's the culture of the kingdom. It's how, it's how Holy Spirit, it's how Jesus himself desires to manifest himself and reveal himself into the world and to us. I mean, I don't know about you, but listen, when anything that's inferior to what Jesus has to say or what Jesus said is ours, listen, church, I don't want anything that's inferior. I want exactly what he said we can have. I don't want any less of it. I want, I want, see, I'm, I'm one of those people. Listen, people say it's arrogant or you're greedy. But I'm telling you, if Jesus said, I want it, full stop. I don't care what it looks like in someone else's life. I want the fullness of it. See, when he said, listen, you can get baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Listen, I didn't let a no from religion tell me you can't do it. I didn't let people say, oh, that's not for you. I didn't let an embarrassment come upon me. No, no, no. No, he said it. I wanted it. And I was not going to let anything stop me from getting it. When I found out, I started studying the word of God. He said, listen, desire, Ryan, because see how many of you know this book, it's written to you. Amen. He says, Ryan, desire the spiritual gifts. I said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to begin to desire. I don't want just one. I want, I want them all to begin to flow through me. I want to desire them. Why? Because that's what he told us. He says, listen, this is, this is yours. This is yours. Gra grab a hold of these things. Hmm? See, I may not have some of the walls of religion that were built up in me like some of us may have. Amen, but you got to learn to get the sledgehammer of the word of God and the sledgehammer of the Holy Spirit and tear down those walls that the adversary has built up in our lives through religion. Huh? Serving him's a party. Glory to God. Amen. It's, it's to be the most joyful thing we do in the world. I'm telling you, God is good. And I'm thankful for it. So I say my, my prayer. My prayer is that we teach on these things. We teach on his gifts uh, that a desire begins to bir get birthed on the inside of you for the gifts of the Spirit to begin to flow in you, to flow in you so they can flow through you, amen, to where we can be actually a benefit to the people that are around us, amen. Listen, but we got to yield the Holy Spirit. We got to yield him. We got to permit him to use us so he can reveal himself through us, right, to the people that are around us, Amen. So as we move on this teaching, I say, especially as we get into the, the gifts we're going to start from this week forward, listen, we, we, we got we to gotta allow these things to go forth to be spirit to spirit. How many of you know when we teach in this church, Holy Spirit teaches spirit to spirit. I'm not here to build you up intellectually. I'm here to edify your spirit. I'm here to charge up your spirit. This is, this is what Holy Ghost desires to do in us and through us. Listen to this here, and let me go backwards just a little bit here to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at this in, in, in verse 12. He says, he says, now we have received not the spirit of this world. How many of y'all know you haven't received the spirit of this world? How many of you have been bought, purchased, you're filled with the Holy Spirit? You cannot be possessed by the spirit of this world. Now, they can't come and oppress you. Amen. But you have not received the spirit of this world. He says, but the spirit that is of God, 
that we might know the things that are freely given unto us. You say, what, what is Holy Spirit desiring to do here? He's desiring to teach you what's been freely given to us, what you already own, what you already possess, what's already on the inside of you. He's here to reveal you and teach you the things that are already yours. See, I think most of the problems we have in the church is not our desire to receive from him. Right? See, most of us, we, ha- we have a desire. We want, we want the things that God has for us. Our problem in the church is we don't understand what's already ours, what he's already purchased for us, what he gave his life up for, what he's already placed on. I mean, we can have arguments with people about being righteous or not. Listen, it's not about, it, the word tells us you're righteous. What in the world are we arguing about these things in Christianity for? Because people don't know what's already been purchased for them. They don't know what Jesus has done for them. It's not, it's not, not a problem believing for those things in most circumstances. It's our problem knowing and actually believing what he's already done for us. Tell me, our God's good. He says, what things also, he goes, uh, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing the spiritual to the spiritual. You say, what in the world does that mean? When Holy Spirit begins to speak through people, begins to speak by the gifts of the Spirit, when he begins to teach the Word of God, he's not here to make, you know, to speak to your minds. He's here to speak to your spirit, right? Because these words go forth. They get sown where? Do they get sown in your mind? No. They need to go and get sown in our spirit, so our spirit can begin to control our soul. It can control our mind. It will lead guys and direct us. Like my pastor says, we need, we need a theocracy running on the inside of us. See, we think, we think we can have a vote. Oh, my flesh gets a vote. My mind gets a vote. My desires get a vote. My will gets a vote. And then my spirit gets a vote. Listen, you will fail 100% of the time. It's not democracy in your body. It needs to be a theocracy with the governmental rule of Holy Spirit and his word leading us, guiding us, and direct us in everything we do. That's where victory is. But we got to train ourselves to be led by that way. we got to train ourselves to be led by the Spirit and everything that we're doing. Verse 14, it says, Because the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can they know them, because they're spiritually discerned. The nat- you know, it's like natural people, people that are, that, are, that are carnally motivated in their lives. Listen, when they see churches like this, they see the gifts flowing, prophecies, words of knowledge, healing. They see things taking place. They're like, what in the world's going on? They, they think this stuff is foolish. They're like, those people are out of their minds. Just as the governor spoke to Paul, Paul, too much learning has drove you crazy. He said, no, 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 I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. I mean, why? Because the natural mind, the natural man can't understand the things of the spirit because they're not discerned by the mind. They're discerned by the heart, by the spirit Hmm? and everything that we do. So listen, the word of God, we study the word of God. It will renew your mind. It will train up your mind. Amen. But when the word goes forth, listen, it needs to be spiritual food. Amen. It needs, to, it needs to be spiritual food in our lives. So are we ready to dine, church? Are we ready to, to, ready to grab a hold of some of the things that the Lord's been in to teach us here? Amen, amen, amen. So, so here in our foundational scriptures, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, now concerning spiritual gifts, or now concerning the spiritual, now concerning the nematicos, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't, you, I don't want you to be ignorant about the spiritual things that go on in the church. He says, why? Because you used to be Gentiles. I mean, you know, you're not Gentiles anymore. You used to be Gentiles that were following gods and following inanimate objects that could not speak. He says, but now you're following a God that speaks. You're following the living God who not only speaks to you, he'll move among you. He'll speak through people. He can heal. He can do amazing things because he is a living God. He's not a piece of wood or a piece of gold. He says, so when, someone, when you're in a public setting and someone begins to speak forth and they say, Jesus accursed, you got to know that's not by the Holy Spirit. He will not speak out anything that's contrary to his word. He said, thus, if someone stands up and says, thus saith the Lord, it is, you know, Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is, is, is uh, come in the flesh. Listen, what is that? That has to be by Holy Spirit. That has to be Holy Spirit. Why? Because there's diversities of gifts. But it's the same Holy Spirit. He goes, there's, there's differences of administrations, but it's the same Lord. The Lord Jesus will administrate things the way he desires to do it. He'll lead the Holy Ghost. He'll tell him how to do things in our lives. 
right? It says there's different operations, but it's the same God. It's our Father. It's our God that operates in each and every one of our lives. He will put the gifts of Spirit. He will, he'll put you into office. It's Him who decides where these things go. What is that in, in verse, uh, in verse uh, 7 here? It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. The manifestation, the unveiling, the appearing forth of the Holy Spirit via the gifts of the Spirit are for every man, every, every Bible-believing, Holy Ghost-filled Christian to what? To profit all. To profit the church, to profit your family, to profit your children, to profit the heathen that's outside of the church, to profit the atheist, to profit the Muslim, to profit the Buddhist, to profit the, the, the whoever it might be. It is for all people. But we got to allow him to flow through us, right? Because it unveils him and unveils Jesus into the world around us. He said, what are the, and here go the gifts of the Spirit. There's nine of them. He says, for, the, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles by the same Spirit, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse tongues, and to another interpretations of tongues. But the key is in verse 11 that all these worketh in the same the self-same Spirit. It's only one Spirit. His name's Holy Spirit, operating through each and every one of us. And he divides to each person severally as he chooses. Meaning we have all the gifts on the inside of us. You have all nine. Why? Because you have Holy Spirit. You have the fullness of Holy Spirit in you. But it will only operate as he sees fit. It will operate when he desires to do it. He'll operate when he knows there's the opportunity for him to get the greatest glory. So we got to yield unto him, right? Now we know these gifts, we break them up in three different categories. The last three weeks we have gone over the revelation gifts, the, the gifts that reveal something. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. This week, we're going to start on the power gifts, right? The, what are these? these? These are the gifts that do something. These are the gifts that, that everyone wants to have, especially when you first start learning about the gifts. Oh, these are the gifts I want. Why? Because this is, you know, tends to put on the show. Amen, that people can see things. It really can affect people's lives. You'll see these gifts many times operating for the people outside of the church. Why? Because God's trying to unveil himself to them doesn't mean it doesn't happen in the church. We have these gifts happen in the church as well. But many times is what I'm saying. They, they happen outside the church. You say, what are these gifts? The gifts that do something, the power gifts. It's special faith. It's gifts of healing. And it's working of miracles. Working of miracles, gifts of faith, and special faith. Now, we're going to jump on in, head deep here, with, uh, with special faith, the gift of faith, special faith. So, so let me give you all some definitions on this, and then we'll go through and we'll start talking about what, what the gift of faith is, because I think it's highly confused in the church and what, and what this gift actually is. So the definition, which would be a long definition, I put two or three of them together to, uh, from what Brother Hagen had to say in several different books. But it says, it's those who operate in the gifts of faith believe God in such a way that he honors their word as his own, that he miraculously will bring it to pass. Let me say that again. The gift of faith believes God in such a way that he honors what you say as his own word, and then he begins to bring it to pass. The gift of faith is a supernatural endowment by the Holy Spirit whereby... That which is uttered or desired by uh, uh, uttered or desired by a man or spoken by God to the man will eventually come to pass. Eventually come to pass. It means it may not be instantaneously, but it will instantly come to pass. I like to say it like this the, in, in simple terms. The, the, the gift of faith is, is the faith of the Holy Spirit coming upon you to, for you to receive a miracle in your life. It is the, the faith of Holy Spirit coming upon you, amen, for you to passively receive a miracle into your life. You say, well, what's the difference in that in working of miracles? And well, well, in working of miracles, it works out a miracle, amen. It's active. It's working a miracle to someone else, right? But when the gift of faith or special faith is in operation, it's passive. It is the faith of God to come in and receive the miracle to yourself, right, to see, receive the miracle to yourself. Amen. Now listen, church, faith is something that we teach in this church probably every week. 
Amen. Everything always bends back to faith. Why? Because the Lord tells us without faith it's impossible to please him. I mean, this is what we need to desire to, to operate in because it's what, it's what pleases the Lord. But, uh, but when we're talking about faith, we got to understand many times we, we, we don't operate in the correct, the correct style or the correct facet of faith because we don't understand there's more than just one kind of faith in the word of God, Right? You say, what do you mean by that? Listen, there's, there's three different types of faith in the word of God. You have saving faith. You have general faith or simple faith. And then you have the gift of faith, supernatural faith coming upon you. And we need to know how to operate in all three of them for when the, for when, for when the time calls of it. So listen, let's, let's dissect these a little bit so we know exactly what each and every one of them are. Amen. To where we can have the fullness of his faith operating in us. So, so turn with me here to, to Ephesians chapter 2. And I'm going to cover a lot of stuff today because this is, you know, obviously we know faith is a, is, a, is a lengthy topic. Now, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, For by grace you are saved through faith. He says, not of your own, it's a gift of God. He says, so it is by grace you are saved through faith. It's, it's you know, God through his grace, through his empowering through you, amen, for you, he has poured out his grace. But see, the only way you can actually get saved is when his grace goes forth and it's received by faith. Why? Because he doesn't force it upon you. He pours out his grace. We receive it by the faith that he's placed on the inside of us. Now, listen, faith is on the inside of you. Now, there's two different doctrines of how faith gets on the inside of us, right? Number one, some people believe that there is uh, faith gets instilled or becomes part of you as soon as the Holy Ghost starts ministering to you when the word goes forth. He drops faith on the inside of you, and then you can, then you can receive, you can get saved, right? I believe the second doctrine, that faith is always on the inside of us, right? It may be dormant in us as, as, as you know, the people of God or, or, or Gentiles or people away from God. It may be dormant on the inside of us, but faith has always been there. You say, why is that? Because God has made us in his likeness and image. How many of you know that our God is a faith God? He's not a doubting God. Oh, let me say that again. Listen, how many of y'all know God is a faith God? He's not a God that doubts, right? So if he made us in his likeness and he made us in his image, he made us to be people of faith. In Hebrews eleven six, 6, what does it say? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. That anyone comes to him must believe that he is and that there were, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, if God demands us to have faith to please him, how could he never have put it on the inside of us, Right? So if, if this is what pleases them, he's not going to say, listen, Angela, you know, the only way you can please me is by faith, but you're going to have to figure out how to get it. He, he, he didn't say that. This, our God is so good. He said, listen, the only thing that's going to please me is you having faith. Now, here's your faith. I'm going to drop it into you as a, as a wee baby. Amen. I'm going to drop it into you. Now, but you're going to have to learn how to operate in it. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to learn to, to, to yield unto this. Right? You know, what, what do we, we talk about the, the age of accountability. You know, that, that people, they, they can be reborn, right, when, when they're accountable for the things that they know. Why? Because, see, little children, you know, so many people, you see, this, this is why bat, bat, water baptism actually means nothing. Because little babies are not destined to go to hell. Why? Because our God is not evil. I mean, our God is good. Oh, come on, church. Our God is good. Amen. So when, so when babies are born, I mean, they, they, they are saved. Many, many times people say... Many times they can be closer to God than most Christians can. But see, there comes a time in their life when they start choosing right and wrong. And when they start choosing sin, choosing rebellion, because see, you don't have to teach a baby to lie or a young child to lie or steal. They'll, they'll figure that out on their own. That's when, that's when you know, they, they need that place to get reborn in their lives. As soon as they make the choice to start rebelling against the goodness of God. This is what Paul was talking about there. And he says, I was alive under Christ once. Then sin revived in me and I died. How was he alive once? He was alive when he was a baby. He was alive when he was a, when he was a toddler, when he was a, a, a young child. And then when sin revived in his life, then he died. Then he got separated from God. And Jesus came to, to renew us with that. Amen? Amen? Why? Because faith is always in us. I believe faith is, all the, uh, uh, is always on the inside of us, but it takes God's grace, the word going forth, grace going forth, and it will ignite. It will wake up 
the faith that's on the inside of you to where you can grab a hold of that grace and start applying it under your spirit, applying it under your life. Amen. The problem is, church, many times in the kingdom of God, this is where we stop. This is where a lot of denominations, we stop here. Oh, I got the faith. I got the faith to get saved. I got the faith to get saved. But, you know, you know, once you get saved, man, it's, you know, it's a, it's a long, drawn-out life being a Christian. You know, we're just going to suffer for Jesus and everything that we're doing. We're going to, you know, we got to give away everything we have. We got to live in poverty and everything's going to be terrible. You know, God's going to pour out sickness and disease on you because he's going to teach you lessons and, and all kinds of stuff like that. I'm going to tell you something, church, that's, that is not good news. That is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's rubbish. That's religion. Hmm? It's religion. I know our God's a good God. I mean, he desires to put good things on the inside of you. He, he set you up for success. He's made you more than conquerors in everything that you do. He's, he's ridden the curse from you. We need to stop walking in it. But how do we do that? We got to do it by faith. But see, it's not just a saving faith that gets us operating in this. That's general faith. See, we, we can receive him by saving faith. Amen. But we got to learn how to operate in faith as a son and a daughter of the living God. Amen. You say, what does that look like, church? Listen, and uh, you can go to Galatians chapter 5. He starts talking about the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit, not the gifts of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit. There's nine fruit of the Spirit, just like there's nine gifts of the Spirit. What is it? It's love. It's joy. It's peace. It's long-suffering goodness, gentleness, it's faith, meekness, humility, temperance, self-control, being governed by the Holy Spirit and everything that we're doing, right? But when you look through that, many, many of your translations may say faithfulness. King James says faith. Many of them say faithfulness. But if you go back and look at the Greek, that's the Greek word pistos. 100% of the time, that word is faith in the word of God. It's faith. Pistos means faith. I mean, it is, is the faith of the Word of God. This faith is established in us. It's awakened by the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit that is produced as the Holy Spirit comes to dwell on the inside of us. When He dwells in you, see, you don't have to look for, for patience or long-suffering. It's in you. You don't, have to look, you don't have to look for love, brother. It's in you. You don't have to look for faith. It's in you. It's a fruit growing off of Holy Spirit that's already on the inside of you. Like I always say, it's not your faith. It's his. You need to begin to operate with the faith that he is producing on the inside of your life. That is the general faith. That is the simple faith that we have to learn to, to operate in as Christians, right? In Romans 12, Romans 12, verse 3, it says, For I say... Through the grace given unto me that every, man, uh, that every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. What's he talking about? He's talking about when, when the gifts are flowing, people are getting healed and amazing things are happening. He said, don't think of yourself as being special like you have something greater than someone else. Hmm? I mean, that could be preached in a lot of churches nowadays. I mean, he says, don't, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Be sober. Think soberly as according as God has dealt to every man, everyone say every man, the measure of faith. So every single person he is, in, he is installed, he's placed, he's, he's placed in your heart. It's a fruit growing from Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you. To every person you have the measure of faith. You're not going after the measure of faith. Church, you already have it. But we got to begin to operate in it. We got to learn how to operate in it. We all have this measure. We all have this measure. Now, God didn't bless me with more faith than he blessed you. He didn't bless, you know, Brother Hagen with more faith than he blessed you. That's not, a, that's not our God. He's not a respecter of persons. You say, well, man, you know, there, there may be people that have a little stronger faith than you, faith that's been exercised a little bit more than you, but we all have the same measure. We got to learn how to exercise it, build it up to where we're, we're stronger in faith, not, not have more faith. We all have that same measure, but we got to become stronger in the faith that He's already given me. You say, How do we do that? You got you to exercise your faith. I mean, if you want to get, get big and strong like me, what do you got to do? You got to exercise your muscles. 
Amen. I remember coming back uh, uh, in my freshman year in university. I started playing you know, pretty good. I started getting to, to, to pitch a lot more in my, my, the latter half of the season. And I made a decision. When that summer came, man, I'm going to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get stronger. I'm going to get bigger than I ever has. And I'm going to come back, and I'm going to take my place as a starting pitcher instead of a relief pitcher on the baseball team. So I went and I worked out. I ate more than I ever ate. I ran. I lifted weights, and I was after it. I gained 35 pounds in one summer and three months. 35 pounds of muscle, which is what, two and a half stone, 2.5 stone. And I came back, and I remember I, walk, I walked into the weight room, and we're all meeting before, uh, before school started. And my coach said, well, it looks like we're going to have to start doing steroid, te- steroid testing. And I started giggling. I was like, yeah, it's, it's, this is all natural, baby. Hard work. But see, as you, as you work your muscles, amen, there, there's proof in it. Strength gets, comes from them. I mean, it's evident. You can see it. I mean, but see, instead of working our muscles nowadays, listen, I choose to work my faith. Amen. Yes, I, I exercise. Yes, you need to be taking care of your bodies. Don't, don't, don't take me, don't, don't get wrong on this or don't get sideways with what I'm saying. But instead of, you know, bodily exercise, it does profit a little bit. But instead of, you know, putting all of our, all of our, all of our work and how we look and blah, 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 blah. Listen, church, we need to get to that place where we exercise our faith, right? Allow, allow that to be the appearance of what we're looking at. When people see like, man, man, they got, they got great faith on the inside of them. Why? Because we're exercising. You say, how do we exercise? You got to believe, church. You got to get in the word of God. You got to study the word of God. You got to grab a hold of his promises, begin to believe these things so they can begin to operate in your life. You begin, you have to have the expectation that's going to come, but you can't have the expectation unless you know what the word of God says. This is why we make confessions over prosperity in our life every single week in here. Why? Because we're exercising those muscles of faith. You say, well, I don't really believe that. Well, you may sit on the bench not do anything, but, but the rest of us, we're going to exercise and exercise and exercise to when the devil comes and says, well, you can't prosper because you're in the middle of the recession. You say, no, 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 devil. You know, my God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I'm a tither. I'm a giver. Glory to God. I will see it prosper in my life life but you got to know these things by faith you can't be hoping these things are going to take place you got to know them how do you know it by exercising sometimes you got to start off slow i mean believe in god for just a little believe in god for just a little bit of something you know before you you know before you go lay hands on other people maybe maybe start believing god for yourself right you know brother oral roberts you know which is the amazing general in the kingdom of god he made this statement after, you know, they were doing an interview and they were asking him after he, he built this hospital up in Tulsa right, right next to his university. He said, how is it, what is it like to believe God for like 15, 20 million dollars? And this is like back in the, in the 80s or 90s. He said, what, what, what is it like to believe God for that? And he goes, oh, it's nothing. It's easy. No bother at all. What about the stress? No stress. I don't have any stress when it comes to it. He said, but I'll tell you something. He goes, when I first got in the ministry, it was a lot harder to believe for $100. He goes, it was so hard to believe for $100, but once I got to that place where I could believe for $100, 100 pound, 100 euro, he goes, man, believing for 20 million is nothing. But we got to start somewhere. We got to start somewhere. We got to start believing God. This, this is faith. This is the general faith. This is simple faith that we, that we begin to operate in. How's it coming with your bodies? Listen, don't wait, don't wait till, till Satan comes in to try to bring cancer or something on your body. Listen, now when the cold comes on or flu comes on, listen, you better learn right now how to operate in faith, why the plagues are coming. You need to learn how to operate in faith right now to where the little sneeze, the little cough comes, you, you hammer against this, start preaching the word of God to any of these infirmities that try to come your direction. Hmm? You start exercising and building up our faith right now. You say, well, how do I get faith? Let me tell you something, church. You can't ask for it. You can't pray for it. I've had so many people come, oh, I just need faith. I need faith. I hear you talking. Just pray for me that I can have faith. You can't receive faith that way. You say, why not? Because the word says you can't. This is why we got to know what the word of God says, because you can waste and waste and waste and waste your time asking God for something he's already given to you. How do we get faith? Word tells us in Romans chapter 10, says what? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Why are you here today? Yes, we're, we're coming into get into the presence of God. Yes, we're coming to have an encounter. But yes, you're trying to get faith stoked up on the inside of you. Why? 
because <laughs> we're children of God. We're, we're learning how to exercise our faith. We're hearing the word of God going forth. Why? So we can stir, so the Holy Spirit can start stirring things on the inside of us. We don't have faith. We need to get in the word of God. We need to start listening to the word of God being taught. Right? This is how faith, this is the only way faith comes. Hmm? It's the only way that gets ignited on the inside of you. And then we need to begin to exercise it. Amen? So we know what saving faith is. We know what simple faith is. It's gleaning right over the top of those things. Now, what is the gift of faith? What is the gift of faith? See, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 9 here, it says, and to another, it says, and to another, faith. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, special faith by the same Spirit. Now, this is why I wanted to talk about saving faith and general faith before we got into this. It's because it says to another. See, this is where a lot of Christians go. They'll grab a hold of this word right here. They're like, oh, you know, Pastor, listen, I'm just not one of those faith people. I don't have any faith because you know what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. It says to another faith. And listen, I'm not one of those others. I just don't have faith. I just don't have that. I mean, he saved me, but I just don't have it. And listen, that's rubbish. Why? Because the Bible tells us that he has given all the measure of faith. He's given general faith to us all. We, we have faith, but to another is given special faith. Amen? By supernatural faith and a faith by, by the Holy Spirit coming upon you. It's not, it's not the measure given to everyone. Amen? Now, you have it on the inside because you have the Holy Spirit. Right? But this is, this is the, the faith of Holy Spirit coming upon us to do the things that he desires us to do. Amen? As we say, the gifts may be in you but it's how he chooses to operate. Hmm? Special faith is in you. Amen, but it'll operate when Holy Spirit desires for it to operate on the inside of us, all right? Now listen, there'll be, if this is a supernatural manifestation like all the rest of the gifts of the Spirit are, if it's a supernatural revelation, then there ought to be a manifestation of something coming to pass when this gift of faith comes into your life. It ought to be a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's supernatural. It's nothing you can muster up yourself. It's what the Holy Spirit is going to do for you. There is a supernatural evidence, I guess I should say, maybe that's a better word, when this special faith is manifesting, right? Right? Meaning what? When that person begins to speak something and this gift of faith comes upon them, it will come to pass 100% of the time. It will come to pass 100% of the time. doesn't matter how miraculous and how big it may be. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come to pass, right? Because this is a not, remember, it's not the working of miracles. It's not working a miracle to someone else. But it's passively receiving it for yourself. The gift of faith passively receives the miracle for yourself. So listen, church. The power gifts, just like the revelation gifts and just like the, the utterance or the spoken gifts, they all work hand in hand. They're all, they're all tied together. Amen. They, many of them are popping off simultaneously when, when things happen, but we're dividing them up so we can understand what is taking place. It's the same thing with faith. To operate in the gifts of the Spirit, they all operate by simple faith. They all operate by general faith. You will never operate in, uh, in special faith or you'll never operate in gifts of healing. You'll never operate in prophecy. You'll never operate in tongues or interpretations of tongues. You'll never operate in discerning of spirits or words of knowledge or words of wisdom unless you first step out in general faith. It is the key for all things. We have to step out in that faith first, and that allows Holy Spirit to begin to operate these other gifts through us, right? In Romans ten seventeen, right? We hear, we believe, and we step out. There is an expression to what we believe God for. Amen. If you believe the gifts of the Spirit can operate through you, if you believe Holy Spirit's on the inside, you believe that's Him speaking, then the gifts can begin to flow. Right? But if you believe that it only operates through that person, it won't flow. Right? Because it takes, it takes simple faith, the faith that, that measure that He's given us all. It takes that faith to be able to step out and do when Holy Spirit begins to to minister unto you, right? So in Mark chapter 9, in Mark chapter 9 here, you see it says, if you can believe, he says all things are possible with God. All, pos- all things are possible to them that believe. 
Now, that, that, that word believe there, that's the Greek word pistos. So he's saying, actually, if you can have faith, if you can have faith in what the Word of God says, what the Word of God instructs to us, if you can have that kind of faith, he says all things are possible with God. See, faith, this, um, the gift of faith will take over when you're at the end of the rope of your natural faith. Excuse me, when you're at the end of the rope of your general faith or your simple faith. This is, this is when that faith can take over, when you're at the end of the rope. So what does that mean? So many of us are in kind of different levels, and, and special faith can operate at different times depending on how strong our, our general faith is. All right, let me give you an example. You know, back when I, when I owned a business, and everything was going great, I, I started learning principles of faith. I started learning, you know, tithing and, off, and uh, offerings. I started learning how, how the kingdom of God works. And I started applying it to my life. And, man, my, my business start, started launching off in a direction, man, I, 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 I always dreamed was possible. And it started coming to fruition. It was amazing. I mean, I started, people started knowing me in the oil field. I'm just, you know, I'm just, a, I'm just a little old company. And people just started, they started knowing my name. The big boys were knowing my name. It was, it was amazing. I thought it was grand. But how many of you know when you're a Christian, believing God, following the principles of God, you make yourself a target for the adversary. That's why we better know how to fight. You better know how to fight. And see, the fight got brought to me. Right, and the, the Lord or the adversary wanted to know if I actually believe the things that I believe, and so he started coming and he started putting pressure on our business. And then when he started putting pressure on our business, man, it started going downhill. And I mean, it started going downhill quick. I mean, within six months, I, we were going week to week. If I if I knew I was going to even be in business anymore, it's like oh. Glory to God, come from just one more week, Lord, and things are going to get worse. Just you know, you know, stress, fear, anger started coming upon me. Hey, man, why? Because I, I had people, and not only did I have to take care of my own family, I had, I had people, families I, I was responsible for and had to take care of. And me and the Lord, we're having, we're having a little word on, on, on my driveway one day because I, I, was, I was at the point of breaking. I was like, listen, Lord, I don't know what, what the deal is. I don't know why these things are happening, but listen, I'm just about done with all this. Something needs to happen. It needs to happen now. What's the problem? And he started unveiling things to me. Started saying, listen, you've made this company, you've made it a god in your life, you made it an idol in your life. Money's become an idol. You're, allow, you're allowing these things to take over. You're believing it, you're trusting it more than you're trusting in me. And as long as you have that in your life, listen, the adversary's gonna come after it. I mean, it's so easy. See, it's so easy when the Lord starts speaking to you just to make a shift, just to make a little heart change, make a little heart. And I, I gave it all up in an instant. From having a wee conversation with the Lord, and in business, it meant nothing to me anymore. The people meant something to me. I wanted it to, to be successful, yes, but it meant nothing. I was like, Lord, praise the Lord. If you want this thing to, to succeed, uh, well, I'm, I'm with it. You know, show me how to do it. If not, yeah, I'll just go into the ministry. And I said, I don't think you really want me preaching, Lord. And he didn't at that time. Glory to God. But making that one shift opened up the door to where this anointing began to come upon me where I could believe God for things that I didn't believe were, were, were even possible. And I started having, you know, business. I stopped going out and seeing customers, and, and business just started flooding into my office, just flooding. I mean, I was getting emails, getting calls, just send us contracts, just send a contract. I hear you're a good Christian. Just, just send us contracts. I mean, doors started opening up that were absolutely amazing that, that I couldn't even, didn't even know how to believe God for, but I, I began in my prayer life. I mean, a friend of mine that, that went on the ledge to, to help me out, to, to keep me in business at the time, you know, I started believing God for his business, and he turned out to be one of the, one of the biggest mid-sized companies in Texas. And with that, I got to participate with everything that he was doing. And business just got easier and easier and easier. And until this day, I'm going to tell you something, church. It's, I mean, like I said, I can still can't describe. I, I'm a businessman. I know, I know how business works, right? And this business, everything that was coming in, listen, our trucks were traveling further than they ever traveled. We were paying more for oil than we ever paid for. I was getting paid less for it than I was ever getting paid. I had more employees than I ever had. And we were also making more money than we ever had. Those things don't line up. It don't line up. I mean, I can go paper and paper and, and write it all out for you. It doesn't add up, but God does. 
It was him supernaturally supplying what he desired to happen in that, in that industry. Why? Because it gave me more extra time, I guess I could say, to, to get tied into ministry and to help bring the finances for what God was beginning to do, right? But listen, it was not my faith. I was at the end of my faith a year before that. But it was the faith of God began to operate through me, started bringing things to pass that I can't, like I said, I can't even explain, especially not in a church service. And man, it'd take me a week or so to describe everything that was going on to you, but it's amazing. But it's the faith of God operating on the inside of us, right? See, it's faith, it's not only for prosperity. This faith is, can come upon you for protection. This gift of faith can come upon you for protection, right? What is that in Mark chapter 4? Jesus in the boat with his boys. And before he got in the boat, he said, listen, we're going to go on to the other side of this lake. We're going on the other side of there. And what did he do? He got in the rear, the hind quarters of that boat. He rolled up in a little ball, laid his head on a pillow, and he went to sleep to where all his disciples started getting freaked out. Oh, my Lord, what are you doing? Can, can, the storm's here. Do you want us to perish? Do you want us to die? And they woke him up. I don't know about you, but listen, church, I have been on many a boats in my life. And I can never sleep on a boat when water is hitting me in the face. Or you're going up big, big waves up and down. It just doesn't happen. How did he do it? He had the gift of faith operating on the inside of him to where he said, listen, we're going to that side and I'm going to sleep. I don't care what happens. See, if, if a storm comes up and destroys my boat, we're going to float over levitating on the water. That's how he could sleep when all this was going to pass. And people are like, oh, well, that's just Jesus. Of course, Jesus could do those things. Well, what about, what about when Jesus was walking on the water? Listen, that was special faith. Why, that was a miracle he was receiving to himself. Why? Because the Holy Spirit needed him to get out to his boys. They were in trouble. So he began to walk on water. Well, that's just Jesus. Only Jesus can do that. Well, then how did Peter do it? How did Peter step out and walk on water? Does that same supernatural faith come upon him? He stepped out began to walk over to Jesus until he got caught up in his own thoughts. Right? People say, well, you know, Jesus can do these things, but man, we can't do those things. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you something, church. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. We, we got to get to the place where we understand that everything Jesus did on this earth, he didn't do it as deity here on this earth. Yes, he was a deity. Yes, he was 100% God. He was 100% man, too. Amen. Everything he did, every miracle he did, every devil he cast out, every healing that went forth, he didn't do it as deity or God here on this earth. He did it as man in correct relationship with his God. Why? Because this is the only way. In John chapter 12, verse 14, he can say, listen, the same things, or excuse me, uh, John chapter 14, verse 12, where he says, the same things I do, you're going to do also. Even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. If Jesus said that, he meant that. And if he meant that, it wasn't that he was God down here doing these things. No, he was man. He was Jesus doing these things. Why? Because he said, I'm going to show you how to do it. You're going to get hooked up with Holy Spirit. He's going to become your best friend. You're going to listen to him. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to direct you and amazing things are going to happen you'll be even to believe miracles can happen for yourself and holy spirit will bring to pass but it's not because you're a god it's because you have the same god in you that jesus had we have listen church we have the same unctions we have the same power we have the same spirit as jesus had we need to start trusting and having faith in what god's already given us what he's already given us Oh, if I just have more power, you got the same power that created this earth living on the inside of you. Oh, if I could just have, if I could just be, you know, stronger in faith, if I could just have more faith, if I could just have this, man, maybe, maybe this disease would get, no, 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 you, you have devil-defeating, conquering power on the inside of you. we got to begin to trust him, start trusting this one. Put our faith and trust in him. I'm telling you, amazing things will begin to take place. What about in Daniel. Daniel chapter 6, let's go to some Old Testament witnesses. In Daniel chapter 6, what, what happened? Daniel, he's about 80 years old. Amen. Was, in the, was under the rule of, of, of King Darius at this time, I believe it was. And Darius loved Daniel. He trusted him. Why? Because God was with Daniel. He was a prophet of God and yielded to God. But all, the, all his little groupies around him, they said, you know what? We don't like how much he likes Daniel. We're going to get him. I know what we can do. We'll go talk to the king and we'll say, man, you know, you know don't, don't allow anyone to worship any other god during, the, during this time period. Why? Because they knew Daniel, you weren't going to stop him. So the king put out this decree, not thinking about Daniel, not thinking about anything else. Just like, yeah, it sounds like a good thing. 
What happened? They went back. They started watching Daniel. When's he going to pray? When's he going to pray? He always prays at this time every single day. And there he was with his hands lifted up. The windows open. The doors open. And I don't think they had windows then. But the, but the doors are open. And he's on his knees just sitting there praising, glorifying, worshiping, praying to God. They went and grabbed a hold of him and said, Oh, your boy. Your boy, we told him he's no good. Your boy, yeah, now you're going to have to cast him into the den. You're going to have to cast him in the den of lions. So they grabbed him. Kings can't go back on their word. So they said, go ahead and do what you're going to do. But, but Daniel, I believe your God's going to save you. They grabbed him, threw him into this den, sealed it up. You know, the king put his signet ring on it. You know, no one can open it up. What happened? Daniel gets tossed down there with these hungry lions. He goes up just like Jesus did curled up in the corner, probably took a wee nap and until the king came up to him in the morning. What is that? And the king came up to him in the morning. Let me just jump over there real quick. In Daniel chapter 6, and the king came up to him in the morning. He said, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is, is God whom you serve, is he continually able to deliver you from the lions? And Daniel said unto the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions, and they didn't hurt me for as much as, as, they, uh, they before, uh, as before him, excuse me, innocency was found in me. And before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then the king was, exceeding, was exceedingly glad for him, and he commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den and no manner of hurt was found on him because he believed in his God. He believed in his God. Now, I don't know about you, but church, that's not natural uh, general faith that we have on the inside of us. Because right? I don't know if I could toss, you could toss me in a, in a lion's den. Listen, church, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to believe that nothing's going to happen to me. I mean, he said, well, maybe those lions were, really weren't hungry. No, they're definitely hungry because when the king brought Daniel out, he threw in those one of the accusers on the inside of him. They tore him to bits. They were hungry. But what was it? He had a supernatural faith, knowing his God was going to do, he was going to take care of him. Why? Because he was innocent. He got in there. And then what happened? Discerning of spirits happened. He, he looked open, and there was angels shutting the mouths of the lions. He said, man, it's time to go to sleep. There's nothing that's going to happen to me. Amen? Special faith. When you're at the end of your faith, faith of the Holy Ghost will come upon you. It's the gift of faith, right? We talked, um, we talked last Wednesday, I believe it was, about blessing our children, laying hands on our children, and then having the promises of God coming upon them. Listen, church, if we'll seek out the things of God and begin to, to speak what he has spoken to us for them, listen, you'll find out special faith will get mixed in with that, Right? You say, how, how, how are you talking about? Because listen, you just can't get, get things in the top of your head and start laying hands on your children and expect those things that come to pass. No, faith gets stirred up when the Holy Spirit starts speaking to you. This is what I want you to speak over your children. Amen. And then he begins to perform it. I mean, how, can, how in the world can you, can, you, can you believe God for nations to bow down to a man? How in the world can you believe that all the wealth of the nations we found in that man? How, did, how, how, did, how was Jacob so wealthy in his whole life? It's because of the faith that was, that was pronounced when he spoke these words over him. How is Israel so wealthy today? Amen. That the nations are gathering up right now because in the near future, they're going to come down and try to steal the wealth of Israel. It's called the Ezekiel 38 War. It happens right after the church is raptured. How, how is that coming to pass? It's because of what he spoke thousands of years ago by special faith coming upon him. It's still taking place today. This is special faith, miraculous, supernatural faith. I mean, not just our simple, our, our, our simple faith that we have, amen? You know, Smith Wigglesworth, I like this quote, he says. He says, if you'll just take a step of ordinary faith, when you come to end of that faith, very often supernatural faith, the gift of faith will take over. That's a powerful statement. We got to step out in ordinary faith. And when we get to the end of our faith, that gives opportunity for Holy Spirit to begin to, to allow his faith to come upon you and do what he desires to do. Right? How many of y'all know raising the dead, you have to have special faith to do that? You say, well, I think I, you know, I think I can just go to, to any funeral home and start raising the dead. Well, well, a lot of people try to do it and it don't work. 
You say, why is that? Because it has to have the gift of the Spirit in operation. It has to be as the Holy Spirit wills. Right? Actually, raising the dead takes all three of the power gifts. It takes special faith, it takes working of miracles, and it takes gifts of healing. You say, why is that? For you have to have a special faith to come upon you for you to believe that you can call a spirit out of heaven or a spirit out of hell and bring them back into a body. That takes special faith. That takes the faith of Holy Spirit to come upon you, to call out that spirit and command it to come back down into that body or command it to come up back into that body. That takes special faith. It takes working of miracles to, to work that miracle, amen, into that body and raise it up, right? And it takes gifts of healing to heal whatever, whatever destroyed that person to begin with that has to be healed so they can stay alive. Hmm? The power gifts. Amazing. That takes all three of them. Amen. How do we step out in that? Listen, you better be led by the Spirit. Step out in, in this general faith. How are we looking on time here? You guys good? I got a few more examples. I like this example of... Uh, a brother of the apostle, Smith Wigglesworth, he talks about the first time he raised someone from the dead. He wasn't in full-time ministry at this time. He was still a plumber. I mean, I know that his wife was a minister first. I didn't know wives were allowed to preach. Well, she was a pastor before he ever started preaching. Hmm? That was Smith Wigglesworth's wife, Polly. He comes home from, from working his plumbing job. Walks in, he sees his wife, they're having some problems. Their next-door neighbor, their woman, next-door neighbor just died. So he walks in there, and he just starts praying for this woman, starts praying for her, starts praying, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying, praying, you know, believing for life to come back in this body, life to come back in this body, life coming back in this body. And his wife probably said, listen, 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 Smith, she's dead. Just let it go. He's dead. And, she, and he said, when she started saying, he's dead, he's dead, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you need to step past the faith that you're in and start receiving the faith that I have for you. So he just kept on praying. He kept on praying. He started, his voice started getting a little bit louder. He's like, yes, yes, yes. And I love how Polly, she goes, don't do it, Dad. Don't do it, Dad. He grabbed a hold of that woman, grabbed her out of the bed, slammed her up against the wall, and said, walk in the name of Jesus. <sighs> Breath came back into her life. She began to walk. 14 documented people raised from the dead. Documented, raised from the dead from him. How did it happen? It's by the faith of the Holy Spirit. By the faith of the Holy Spirit. Don't be going into funeral homes and throwing people against the wall and commanding them to walk unless the Holy Spirit's telling you to do it. Amen. Why? Because you're going to look like a fool. Amen. But if he, if he tells you to do it, you better do it with all boldness. Right, because when you get to the end of your faith, his faith will grab a hold and it will bring life back into the people. And walk in the name of Jesus. Hear a breath. She begins to walk. Absolutely powerful. I mean, I know casting out devils. Sometimes it takes the, the gift of faith to be an operation. Hmm? See, many times, you know, we can do it by the authority. If our, if our general faith is strong enough, we can do it by the authority that Jesus already, already placed on the inside of us. But sometimes we're not at that level yet, and we need a little bit of help. Amen. And what happens? If we will step out, he'll begin to work with us. I have, a, I have this story. I was in this little village just north of where we lived. I had an oil field plant up in this facility. So, every, so everyone, everyone knew me in this, in this little village here. I mean, they knew, they knew of me. They knew what I did, and they knew about me. And I, I was sitting there going through, and I was filling up my pickup truck with diesel. And I was going out to, I was going out to this plant to check on business and seeing how everything was going. Now, this is when I just, I just you know, was, was learning about the things of God, got filled with the Holy Ghost. Man, I thought I was the toughest thing around. You know, you couldn't mess with me. Man, I can heal this. I can do anything, man. It's, a, it's on me. You know, Holy Ghost is on me. Glory to God. I mean, you know, sometimes the adversary will come and test you where you think you are. And I'm sitting there filling up my, my pickup truck. And there's this woman and this village, her name, we called her Crazy K. And she was a drug addict, and she had a lot of devils messing with her. And so I'm sitting there filling up my, my, my pickup truck, and I look, and here comes Crazy K. K comes running, run, walking over towards me, and she goes, hey. She goes, hey. She goes, can I have a cigarette? I said, oh, I was like, this is an opportunity, man. I might get to witness to her. Glory to God. I said, listen, I don't smoke anymore. 
to see she knew me from the Harley shop across the street. And I used to hang out over there and do heathen stuff over there with all the, the bikers, right? And she goes, I know you smoke. I said, no, I don't smoke anymore. I, you know, I fully gave my life to Jesus. Man, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Kay, let me tell you about it. And as soon as I started talking to her like that, she, she took one step back. And I'm telling you, I could see the countenance upon her change. And she got this evil look in her eye. And she gave me a smile. And she gave me a smile. I was like, oh, my Lord, what is about to happen? And she started raising her voice. No, I won't sleep with you. No, I won't do this, that, and started saying perverse things. I'm not going to take your money. No, help somebody. Help me. Help me. And I'm like, oh, my Lord Jesus. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do, Lord? What do I do, Lord? And I felt this, this anointing come upon me. And he said, you cast the devil out of that woman. And I was sitting there looking. You'd think I went, get out in the name of Jesus. You know what I did? I go, oh, I hung up the diesel, got my pickup truck, and I took off. I took off. I didn't know what to do. No one's trained me on how to do I don't know what I'm doing. What are you talking about? What was wrong with that woman, Lord? Why would she say those things? Lord, and I'm sitting there driving down. I'm, I'm vibrating under the anointing that, that, that God put upon me. I said, what is, what is that? He goes, that's my faith. That's my faith to, to get rid of that devil from that woman. And you failed. You failed. Not, not that I'm a failure, but that woman, now she still has that devil. <laughs> hey, man. I made a commitment to him. I said, listen, Lord, I have ever since that anointing come upon me again. If someone else comes at me with that and I see that, I, I, I will not back up. I know exactly what you want me to do, and I will do it, and I will not back off now. I promise you. We won't back off now. You say, why is that? Because listen, church, I said, Lord, bring that woman across my path. You bring her across my path one more time, we'll take care of business. The last two years I lived there, I never saw her once. You say, why is that? Because the devil knew it was going to take place. He knew it was going to take place, so he got her away from me because I was looking for her. Every time I went through that town, I was looking for her. Where is that woman? Lord, we're going to do some business. Where is that woman? But I failed her. I failed her. Now we've got to step out in simple faith. Not be worried about what's going to happen around us. Step out in that simple faith. Amen. To allow the Lord to do what he desires to do. Oh, I just can't do it. If he's leading you to do it, church, he has something for you to help you out. But we got we to gotta learn to listen to him, be obedient to him. Because hmm? he uses us to help other people. Amen. When your faith can't do it, his faith can pick up. If we'll just listen to him, allow him to do what he desires to do. Hmm? Now listen, hallelujah, I could probably end on that. But we know when Elijah called fire down out of heaven, that wasn't his faith doing that. When he, when he called for the rain to stop, and it stopped for three and a half years, that wasn't his faith doing it. It was him so yielded to the Holy Spirit that his Holy Spirit's faith started shutting up, brought drought into a land for three and a half years. And then with one word said, the rain's coming, king. The rain started coming. Fire out of heaven. Why? So he could slay. He could slay hundreds of the prophets of Baal. Hmm? The faith of the Holy Spirit was coming upon him. Sometimes even, and I'll end with this one. Sometimes even the baptism of the Holy Spirit gets ministered by the gift of special faith. See, if you're around here, usually we teach on it. We'll teach, we'll teach, we'll teach God to give a word, whatever, and then we'll lay hands on it. People will receive baptism of the Holy Spirit. But see, there's ministers that have this special faith that come upon them when they're, uh, when they're ministering in, in large quantities of people, like, like Christopher Alwyn. He'll have 100,000 people out there, and he'll, he'll minister forth a word of salvation to these people, and then he'll say, fill them with the Holy Spirit. And, he's, and I remember talking to him one time. He said, I was at this last meeting, and he goes, I said, fill them with the Holy Spirit, and you could just feel, you could see the Holy Spirit just, just rolling over the people just rolling over a crowd of people. He said over thirty to 40,000 people instantly laying their hands up and they instantly got baptized in the Holy Spirit. How does that happen? It's the Holy Spirit's faith coming upon you. Hmm? Why? Because you have nothing to do with that. And that works a miracle for these other people that are around you. Hmm? Ah, the faith of Holy Spirit. Listen, church, we need to allow him to operate in us. Allow him to operate in us. Now, I'll end you with this. It's my second closing. 
My pastor tells us a story. I think it'd be pertinent for all of us to grab a hold of it as well. He said he was sitting there with his, his, uh, his mama and father in the faith, mama and papa Goodwin. And him and his wife, Leah, Pastor Leah, they were talking with Mama Goodwin about the gifts of the Spirit because Mama and Papa Goodwin, they flew, they, they, they brought a great order to the gifts of the Spirit in the United States, much like Howard Carter did in this part of the world. And as they're talking to her, she said, she was, I said, son, you need to understand something about the gifts of the Spirit. She says, just like... It's just like an envelope. She had an envelope in her hand. And she said, if I was going to give you this envelope and it has a check in it, she said, what gets the glory? Does the envelope get the glory or does the check or the cash on the inside get the glory? She said, the, the envelope on the outside is, it is a vessel to carry the thing that has value that's on the inside of it. So she said, as the gifts begin to flow in you, you start believing God. And then, listen, I'm talking about this specifically, you know, because we're talking about the power gifts. When these things begin to operate in us, revelation gifts, it doesn't matter, utterance gift, whatever it is, when they begin to operate in us, listen, church, we got to understand that we are the envelope, right? God has placed Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So, so the big mistake we can get into where Holy Spirit will not work through you Amen. Or other spirits will begin to work through you as you start, you start receiving this glory for yourself. And listen, church, we're just the envelope. We're the carrier of the glory of God. But when God begins to move, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Holy Spirit. It's all about the Father. It's never to exalt us. It's never get the stamp of approval on us. It's always get people's eye on him in everything that we do. Amen. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Why? Because we, you know, the Holy Spirit wants them operating in this church in even a greater fashion than it does right now. But it's not to exalt you and get everyone to say, man, it's amazing how spiritual Claire is. No, it's, it's to be, man, the Holy Ghost is absolutely amazing. He's absolutely real. Man, he unveiled Jesus to me today. I was studying the scripture today, and he, he unveiled it to me where Jesus gets all the glory. Because how many of you know it's all about him? Everything we do, church, it's all about him. He is the, the core. He is the foundation to everything we do. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for your kindness. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your gifts of your spirit, Lord, that they, they are flowing in a great measure in this church, Lord, but I thank you, Lord, they're going to begin to flow in even greater measure as we begin to understand what you're desiring to do through us, Lord. Not just in this church, Lord, but at our homes as we're talking and ministering to our husbands and our wives and our children and our neighbors, people at the grocery store. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the revelation gives words of knowledge, words of wisdom, Lord, discerning of spirits. May they, may they begin to operate in us the, the gifts of power. May they operate there, Lord. Lord, when our, when our faith seems empty, our faith seems dry, and we've, we've gone and exhausted all the faith we have, Lord, Holy Spirit, we ask that your gift of faith begin to operate on us. So, we, so you pick up, Lord, where we left off, that we don't leave another person that's devil-possessed. We don't, we don't leave another person that's drug-addicted. We don't leave another person that needs healing in their body. Whatever it is, Lord, we will begin to step out because we have full trust in you. Knowing, knowing you'll pick up, Lord, where we're falling short. But in the meantime, Lord, we ask that you help us, help us exercise our faith. Give us things to believe God for. Show us things with our neighbors. Show us things with our family that we can begin to, to jump into the prayer closet. We can begin to, to search out the scriptures. We can begin to believe you for these things. Or, to, Lord, we you know we see the, the minor things begin to take place. Hallelujah. When the big things come, they're going to be no problem. No problem. We thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. We glorify you for it. You are so good. You're so good. We thank you, Lord, for teaching us, training us. Hallelujah revealing your goodness to us. So as we exit out of this place, Lord, we have faith. We exercise our, our, our gen, general simple faith in Psalms 91. We say no evil will befall us. Neither shall any plague come to our dwelling place, Lord. For you said you give your angels charge over us to bear us up in our hands. 
lest we dash our foot against the stone. We'll tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shall we trample beneath our feet because you've promised it to us. We speak it. We know these things are going to come to pass because we trust you. Because we've been children that are dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We have no fear of what the adversary can bring to us. We have no fear as we're going down the motorways, the seaways, the railways, the airways, even down the, down the walk paths. Lord, there is no wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself shall come against us and harm us. Now, we're the protected of God. Your angels are encamped around us. Hallelujah. We're an absolute threat in the kingdom of darkness, Lord. We ask you to lead us, guide us, and direct us in everything that we do. Lord, may this week, may this week, someone's believing for a miracle, Lord. They're praying that. May we be the answer to that miracle, Lord. May we be that word they're looking for. May we be those hands that heal in their life. May we be that financial breakthrough in their life. Whatever it may be, Lord, we ask that you use us to be that miracle that someone's believing you for. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this church. Hallelujah. We walk out of here in faith and love towards you, <laughs> loving one another, thanking you, Lord, for this body, thanking you, Lord, for this family. Thank you, Lord, for the ambassadors of Christ you've called each and every one of us to be. Thank you, Lord, here at Island Church. We are covered by the blood. We are empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah.